Take your Bibles. I got something I, I, I might even preached here last time, but I'm going to preach it again because I don't have nothing else. Amen. I'm not a pastor. As you turn to John chapter 6, never have been, so I've only got to get uh, one message a year up. And, uh, and that's pretty good. Uh, now, if you want to help with our postage and be a stamp supporter, just get that little stamp card on our bookcase. Send us a book of stamps when you feel like it. And uh, we will in turn send you our newsletter. And uh, like I said, we're doing all of that by mail. And uh, if I, I preached somewhere a few months ago and, you know, shaking hands after it was done. And, and a guy came by and he said, worst message I ever heard. Boy, he went back and cut in line. It wasn't long. He come back and he said, you preached too long. Then he got up there and cut in line again and come back and he said, you got off point. I, I said, I said, who is that guy? He said, he's crazy. He said, don't pay no attention to him. All he does is go about and repeat what everybody else is saying. <laughs> now, if you know anybody in prison... Uh, get our brochure and look over at the back at our special offer and we'd be glad to send them our books uh, free of charge. Anybody new here tonight or anybody here uh, that does not, uh, never got a book, I want to give you a book, amen. John chapter 6, I'm looking for it uh, myself. And uh, just help yourself and uh, God is that those small books are the introductory unit to prison Bible school. So uh, I want to give it to you if, uh, if you don't have one. John 6, verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Lord, help us tonight. God, help me tonight. Help your people. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to draw your attention to that one little word in that verse, draw. John 12, 32, Jesus said, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. It's a lot easier to draw something or pull something than it is to push something. It's hard to climb a fence that is leaning towards you. It is hard uh, to kiss your wife when she's leaning away from you. And it's hard to push somebody to the Lord. Matter of fact, it is impossible. God has to draw them. Impossible to do. And uh, I know what I'm talking about. When I first got saved, I, I was one... Remember one of them IBS churches and they taught you all wrong, you know, put your foot in the door and take that track and, and, and stick it down their gullet till it dissolved and, and you, you had to witness to everybody. I, I, Luke 2.38 said, Anna spake of him to all of them that looked for redemption. Second Peter 3.9 said, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God draws sinners unto himself 
many different ways. And uh, number one, he draws by creation. Because of creation's size, they are without excuse. Romans 1.20 said the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know, creation's pretty big. Our planet Earth is pretty big. 24,000 miles in circumference, 8,000 miles in diameter. But you can put one million Earths inside of our sun, which is a relatively small star. In fact, they call it a yellow dwarf. And uh, it's uh, 93 million miles away. Thanks to the Hubble telescope, they estimate there's about 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. They estimate there's about 100 billion other galaxies. Because of creation's size, a center would stand there for no other, uh, no other reason, uh, without excuse. Psalms 19.1 said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. You know, uh, the closest thing the evolutionists could come was Gamal's Big Bang Theory. And uh, in a word, there was a mass out in space. Where that came from, they never addressed. Uh, but it was there, and somehow on its own, it condensed into something smaller than an atom, and then it exploded, and thus you got the universe. You need to sue your brain for non-support if you believe something that stupid. Amen. It takes less faith to believe what God said about it. Amen. And, of course, it flies in the face of the first and second laws of thermodynamics. And uh, there's another law called the conservation of angular momentum. And uh, that's the law of physics uh, that says this. If you had an exploding object, especially in, in space, uh, then all the pieces that come off of that object would... Uh, fly in, in every direction uh, equally, and uh, there wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have spiral galaxies. Not only that, if you were to take a hand grenade and toss it up, whichever way it's spinning, they say the Milky Way is, is uh, spinning clockwise, but all the pieces would be spinning in the same direction that the exploding object was spinning. And just to mess them up, God took Uranus and Neptune and spun them backwards. <laughs> then he took uh, eight of the 91, no, there's about 150 known moons, and he spun them backwards. And I think Saturn and, and uh, Neptune, uh, they got two moons, and they go around the planet opposite directions. Amen. Listen, God uses creation. The nearest star to us is Alpha Centauri. It's four light years away. Light travels pretty fast, 186,250 miles per second if you round it up. It could go around the earth seven times every second. And uh, yet it takes four years at that speed for light to reach the nearest star. Because of creation's size, the nearest galaxy to us is Andromeda, two and a half million light years away. 
I remember I was in St. Clair. I'm back in St. Clair for the last year in, in lockup and been in lockup in St. Clair for 10 or 12 years. I remember the first time, you can learn a lot of things in prison, and uh, I came to a guy's passing out tracts, trying to talk to somebody. I said, let me give you something to read. He said, I'm an alien from outer space. So I'm, I'm glad to meet you. I said, I've never been in outer space myself. I said, what planet are you from? He said, I'm from the sun. I said, I said don't, it, don't it get kind of hot on us? <laughs> he said, not at night. Boy, you can learn all kinds of science. <laughs> God draws by creation size. And because of that, they are without excuse. You know, just during this uh, manufactured virus we've had around here for uh, too, too long, uh, uh, you, you heard the term you never heard before, a consensus of science. Y'all heard that. They get 200 together and, uh, you know, they believe in that. There's no such thing. Is that term? First Timothy six twenty. Old Timothy, keep that which commit not trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so called. It is either science or it is not science. Amen. No such thing as a consensus of science. God uses creation size. A man, a lost man. I ought to get up and look at creation. We're not even going to talk about what's in the depths of the sea. We know about more about space than we know about that. Not, not going to talk about uh, uh, micro-creation. Just at the heavens, especially at night, realize that did not come from nothing. God uses creation size. Then God draws a man by contrary circumstances. And... Uh, Contrary circumstances is a, a sudden and usually surprising seismic shift in the otherwise steady and stable status quo. That's pretty good. It took me about 20 days to get that one all in line. Amen. And, uh, and don't worry, I, I, I'm slipping fast. I had to listen to a creation tape about 15 or 20 times before I picked up those few little facts right there. God uses contrary circumstances. And because of contrary circumstances, they are without escape. I, I wrote a book on it called The Narrow Place out of Numbers 22. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 14, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. The Bible defines prosperity, not your personal wealth, it's when everything is going smooth, amen. And everybody in prison is in a contrary circumstance. Everybody behind bars, their freedom's gone, their friends and family, they're separated from, and their finances are gone. And uh, if they still got some of them, just hang around that place a little while longer, and it will fly to the wind. I remind them, and... And uh, I'll be back in there next week. And I remind them, listen, listen, God dealt with every one of you before you ended up here. God said in Jeremiah twenty two twenty one, I called on thee and thy prosperity. And thou said, I will not hear. This has been thy manner from thy youth that thou obeyest. 
not my voice. And I said, I never had, I was in many county jails before they finally sent me to prison. I got out in 1972, and if you're a visitor, relax. I was just a two-bit petty thief, amen, and a con man. Your, your car is all right. It was easy to steal cars in my day. Everybody left their keys in the car all night. They didn't lock their doors. As a man, I remember those. I missed those days, amen. <laughs> Not the car deal, you know, the rest of it. God uses those contrary circumstances. I said he dealt with every one of you. I've been in many county jails locked up. Like I said, went to prison. And all of that stuff is gone. And, and God's in a position to get somebody's attention, amen, because of those contrary circumstances. Everything's gone. And uh, you are in the day of adversity. Uh, and, and that's when everything is not going good. And i tell you something else. You don't have to be in prison because contrary circumstances are without escape. I brag on this church just about everywhere I go. There's not many. There's just a handful of Madison Baptist churches in my circle of influence. And it's sad. But if you're saved and you're serving, and we should be, and you're doing that job right, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't do for me to be a pastor uh, because I would just call... Uh, I think visitation, in my opinion, which I've never been a pastor, never will be a pastor, is kind of a, a misnomer. I'd call it invitation. Luke 2.38 said, Anna spake of him to all them that looked for redemption. Uh, with a little experience, you'll find out in a hurry, most of them, when you knock that door, you're kind of an imposition. Uh, they're kind of, they're trying to eat or rest, or watch TV. And so when I go on visitation for many years, when they open that door, I just kind of take a step back. I said, I just want to invite you to this church in the county. Amen. I, I promise you, they're going to hit that contrary circumstance. They're going to get in that narrow place. Everybody does. Amen. Everybody does. Gets in that David adversity. And in America... They're going to think about coming to church. And if we're friendly and we're kind and we don't try to shove something down somebody's throat, amen, I've never accomplished anything like that. You can't push anybody to God, amen. God has to draw them. They'll end up here. God uses those contrary circumstances. Everybody is going to experience that dip. It's like that scout master, and uh, he took his scouts out, out camping, and he was an avid coon hunter, and he took his dog, and he turned him loose, and he fell asleep by the fire. And he had a wooden leg, and that, that leg rolled over in the fire and burned about that much off the bottom of that leg. And it wasn't long before them dogs changed their tune. And boy, when they did, he jumped up. He started running across the field. He said, follow me, boys, but watch out. There's a dip every other step, baby. <laughs> I promise you, life is full of contrary circumstances. That's where you have shell shock, and that status quo is turned upside 
down. Then God draws men by conscience. At creation without escape because of its size or without excuse. Contrary circumstances without escape. God uses conscience without exception. That's that signal God put inside of everybody that's ever been born, ever will be born. And uh, everybody's got that signal, I promise you. You'll read about it in Romans chapter 2, that conscience. It's, uh, it's uh, synonymous with that still small voice in 1 Kings nineteen twelve, And God put it inside of everybody. I tell these, these prisoners all the time, I said, that signal, God is on your side. But what that, that signal does, it will differentiate between truth and error. I said, everybody comes into this prison carrying a Bible. I don't mean they're preaching the gospel, amen. Does not mean that at all. I said, but God's not willing that anybody should perish. And he put that conscience and signal inside of you, that still small voice. And I said, if you are searching with all of your heart, and that is the key. God promised in Jeremiah 29, 13, he said, you will seek me. And find me when you search for me with all your heart. I said, that signal, that still small voice will tell you if you're looking. I remember we had built our house in Alabama and uh, we just moved in and everything. We'd unpacked the coffee pot. We had one bed and had, had two chairs in the living room. The rest of it was in boxes. And uh, we got up early, we still do, 5, 5.30, having a little coffee, and here come that front door. It wasn't as far from here, that rail. Before I could get over there, it turned into this. That is the police. <laughs> I've heard that not many times before. I opened up that door, and there's five heavily armed U.S. Marshals. They're all dressed in black. They're already uh, in, in single file. When I opened the door, the guy went like that, the first one left. He said, are you Dave Turner? I said, yes, sir. Had a big poster. He said, is that your wife? I said, no, sir. Are you sure? <laughs> Maybe I've been, I said, no, that, that's not. Now they want to make sure that woman's not in the house. I said, help yourself, come in. So they came in, three of them took off to the rest of the house. And me and, and my wife, actually Kathy, when she heard the bang of the door, she had run, you know, put, put some clothes. It was in her pajamas and, and she collected back up. And it was business. It was all business. They didn't want no coffee they didn't want to sit down, so we just stood in the living room for about 10 minutes. Finally, the other three uh, came back, and, and I, said, I said, gentlemen, I said, I'm a, I'm a prison preacher, and, and one of, oh, we arrest a lot of preachers. That <laughs> did not sit right with me. That ticked me off. I've been cordial. 
I've been cooperative. And so I said, sir, I said, Matthew 15, 8, said these people draw nigh to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Titus 1, 16 said they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Now they are rushing to get out of that place. I got reached for the front door. I said, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I said, I am a preacher. And I said, you have a dangerous job. I said, any one of you could lose your life any day of the week, amen. I said, you need to hear what I've got to say. So we had church right there in my living room for about the next 10 minutes. And boy, was it fun, amen. God puts that conscience, that signal. By the way, he didn't give that signal to the animal kingdom. I'd say for no other reason. That's why you know you're not a product of evolution. He didn't give it to the chimpanzee or the silverback gorilla or the Confucian monkey. Job 32, 8, there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. And by the way, I, this just came to me. Back to creation because of creation size. You know what the word creation means uh, as a Latin origin? And I'm sorry, universe. Two syllables, uni, one, like unicycle or unicorn. Verse is a spoken sentence. So universe literally means a single spoken sentence. Can I give you one? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I had to stick that out there before it just flew to the wind. Amen. God uses conscience. Job 32, 8, a spirit in man and the inspiration almighty giveth them understanding. Job 20, verse 3, talk about the spirit of a man's understanding. Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Romans 1, 19, so that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. Romans 12, 3, said so God hath dealt Every man a measure of faith. God uses conscience, that signal, because he's not willing that any should perish. Then God uses, of course, Christians. He uses the Christian canon. That signal, without exception, everybody's got one. God uses the Christian canon, the scriptures. That is without equal. And if you don't mind me saying, I'm talking about that old King James 1611 Bible. Ecclesiastes 8, 4 said, where the word of a king is, there is power. Amen. God uses Psalm 119, 130, said, the entrance of thy law giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Romans 10, 17 said, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 said it is the word of God which worketh effectually in you that believe. John 15.3 said you're clean to the word. Ephesians 5.26 said he's sanctified and cleansed the church by the washing of the water by the word. Joshua 1.8 said this book of all shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then 
thou shalt have good success. God uses the Christian canon, the scriptures, without equal. Then God uses Christian circulation, our stuff. And uh, it's bountiful, amen. And, you know, the little tracks and flyers and door hangers. When we go to a prison, average prison got about 1,500 into a prison revival, uh, we take those old penny tracks and, you know, give everybody one. We're outside the chow hall, which is the best place to be. At the evening meal, everybody's going to eat. Invite them over the service, you know, and offer them a little, little penny track. It's got the gospel, you know, the old trifold. I actually got, we got three of those back this year. Don't be discouraged. God uses that Christian circulation, our stuff, to draw all men unto him. You know, the prison Bible school, when they complete each course, they got a place there for comments. When we go to the uh, county jail in St. Clair, which I go once or twice a month, we've done something nobody's ever done before. I know we certainly have. I don't believe any, anybody's ever done. We get to preach in lockup. This warden let me duplicate what we were doing in the Calhoun County Jail in Anderson. Big jail, about 600. We'd go in there and have a little drawing and give them some tickets and give away some of those goodies. I remember the first time we walked in there. About a year ago, I walked in. You got 12 cells, 12 down on the bottom. I started putting those little goodie bags on the floor, you know, and, and uh, a guy hollered out, Identify thyself. <laughs> kind of tickled me. So I started talking, telling them who I was, and listen, what we was going to do. And here's my M.O. I said, I'm, I, got a, I got six gifts here. I said, there's only 24 of you. I said, five or six ain't even going to wake up, so your odds are pretty good of getting one of these gifts. I said, if you don't win one, and by the way, one of my gifts is a giant print King James Bible big one. Man, that's nice, amen. I usually keep that stuck in the bag. And I say, look, I got a gift in this bag. I think it's more valuable than all those other gifts. I said, a lot of people don't think that. I said, I think it does. I said, if you'll, you want to trade that goodie bag in, that candy bar and, and the, that soap and deodorant, I said, you can get this big prize. Most people never do it. Most people never do it. They don't know what they missed. They meant. God uses Christian circulation, our stuff. I... Uh, First Samuel 30, David, you know, the Amalekites burned Ziglag with fire and took all the captives and all the spoils. And, and God told uh, David to pursue after the Amalekites. And he had 600 men. And, but when he got to the brook Besor, 200 of his men were so faint, they couldn't pass over the brook. So they tarried by the stuff. That's a Bible word right there. And so he took the 400, overcame the Amalekites. You know the story. He covered all the spoils, all the captives. But he was coming back in the encampment. The Bible said he had some men of Belial in his troop. You know, that's men of the devil. Here's what they said. David, we will not part the spoils alike with those that tarried by the stuff. 
because they went not out to the battle. David being the gracious man that he was, he said, not so, my brethren. Those that tarried by the stuff shall part alike with those that go out to the battle. And I'm going to end up with this in just a minute. But uh, if it wasn't for those tearing by the stuff, that's you. You're the ones that support missions and support missionaries and send money on mission endeavors. Then they wouldn't have any stuff to pass out. They wouldn't have any tracts and Bibles. God uses Christian circulation, our stuff. Then last, he used as the common Christian that's sitting and serving in the sanctuary. Amen. And uh, those are without exemption. Ecclesiastes 8, 8 said there's no discharge in that war. There's no discharge in the war on death. There's no discharge on the work of duty. Amen. I believe the heavy lifting throughout the church age has always been done by the common Christian serving in the sanctuary. We're not talking about the Christian call sent by the sanctuary. I'm talking about you. Mark 12, 37 said the common people receive him gladly. I believe they've always won the vast majority of all the souls throughout the church age. That's just us. What a privilege. I've said this before. I'll reiterate. If you're saved and you're not serving, you're missing the greatest joy and satisfaction and completion you can possibly know. This side of glory. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in God, which is your reasonable service. Mark 12, 37 said, the common people received him gladly. Not the Christian call, just the common person, saint, serving in the sanctuary. And you are missing it. And you don't want to do it. You want to get in on that. I was I was going to, to preach somewhere around Auburn, been a couple of years ago, and, and I pulled in to get some gas, and uh, I always uh, show up early, except one time right here, the preaching. But anyway, I was I pulled in to get some gas, and uh, I went in, and uh, I need a little hot water. So I, I, I took a cup in there, and, and when I walked in, there's a guy at the register, and he's got a running conversation guy over here in, in, at the cooler, and so I just went in, got a little hot water, and walked out. And, and they're still talking. When I walked by him, he said, where are you going? And, and I just went on out to my car. Well, he was talking to me, I guess, because he banging on that window. So I walked back in. I said, yes, sir. He said, there's charge for that coffee. I said, I, I just got some hot water. Oh, he said, I'm sorry. He said, that's all right. No, no problem. No, hot water's free. I said, what's your name? He said, Jamal. I said, Jamal, I said, I'm a, I'm a prison preacher. And I pulled out my favorite little track, the greatest story ever told, a little chick track. But when I, I told him I was a prison preacher, his, his countenance changed. 
Matthew 26, 73 said, Thy countenance doth testify against thee. I could tell I struck a chord, and he was, he was listening intently. I said, Jamal, I said, uh, you just thought you were trying to get my attention when you asked me where I was going. I said, I think the Lord's trying to get your attention, and he's asking you where you're going when you die. God uses the common Christian serving in the sanctuary. And I'm telling you, there are some folks out there that need some answers. 1 Peter 3.15 said, Be ready always to give an answer. Everyone that asks it for you, the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. These are the perilous last times. I hope you got the sense to know that. America's seen things they have never, ever seen before. Never even thought of before. 2 Thessalonians 2 said, For that man of sin be revealed the Antichrist, there be a falling away first, and boy, is it falling away fast. This country doesn't know what's about to descend. Something's got to break. We got three major sins as a nation we're guilty of. Abortion. Perversion. And because of that, confusion. Just about everybody in this cabinet is a pervert. Amen. I, I'm telling you, no, it's, uh, who had ever thought, it just recently, I mean facts, that a, a man says he's a woman and uh, breaking all the women's sports records. This, this just, we're not even going to talk about uh, 34, 40 million folks that uh, here that ain't never going home. We're not even going to talk about that. These last days, and 2 Timothy 3, and the last days perilous times will come. Men would be heady, high-minded, proud, boasters, unthankful, unholy, incontinent, can't be satisfied, disobedient to parents. The three outstanding attributes of these times in which we're living despisers of those that are good, fierce and without natural affection. But let me encourage you. Proverbs 21, one said, The heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turneth it whithersoever he will. They wouldn't be in power if the Lord hadn't allowed it. That simply means that we're about to check out of here. I couldn't be more happy because I'm sick of this present evil world. I know I'm going, if I live long enough, I know I'm going back to prison. This time for doing right. (laughs) This time for doing right. God draws men. He draws men by the common Christian. I was going home uh, this probably six months ago. And we preached in the St. Clair County Jail that morning, went right over to the Calhoun County Jail and preached there. And, uh, and I, was, I was on Interstate 10 going toward Pensacola, where I now live. And I hit something that flattened one of my back tires immediately. Thankfully, it was a rear tire. I was at the Crestview exit. I wheeled off down there and... There was a tire place right there on the right. I pulled in there, and I said, look, I want to buy one of your tires. I got a flat, and 
she said, sir, she said, my bays are all full. Uh, she said, I don't have any help. Uh, the weight room's full. She said, look, I can do this tomorrow at 4.30. I'm only 20 minutes from home. So I drove down the yard, uh, the road about another mile or so, and there's another tire place. I'm trying to avoid changing this tire. Now, I can do it. But, you know, that little wrench they give me, that little scissor jack, I did not want to do that. I wanted to buy me a new tire. Well, I said, I, I want to buy, and she said the same thing. She said, we're, we're covered up, the bays are full. She could see the countenance on my face had dropped. She said, i tell you what I'll do. You pull into that front bay. I'll have my man put some air in your tire. She said, that's all we can do. I don't have time to do anything else, but he'll air your tire up. The young man came out, and the air was going out as fast as he was putting it in. In less than a minute, I swear to the Lord, that guy had that flat off, had my spare on. He did me a great, he wasn't supposed to do that. I reached in my pocket and got that little greatest story ever told track. I reached in another pocket and I put a $20 bill in that track. I said, young man, I want you to have this. I said, I don't care what they charge me up front. I said, you, you've done me a real service. I want you to have Boy, he just stood up and stared into space with tears in his eyes, and he shook his head. He said, you're the third person today gave me a gospel track. He said, my life is in a mess. I'm going through a divorce. I ain't been in church in over a year. He said, God trying to get me a message. I said, I don't know what the other two gave you. I said, a little thing to tell you about the Savior, what he did for us on Calvary. He said, I know the Savior. He said, I've been saved five years. He said, I need to get back in church. God draws men unto himself because he's not willing that any should perish. He draws by the common Christian. The number one draw is us. And you want to get in on that. You want to be a part. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for helping me tonight, Lord. Thank you for this fine church, a working church. God, help us to be used of you when you draw sinners unto yourself. Thank you for the privilege and the honor to do it. I know I'm going to preach in prison, these prisons as long as you give me breath and the help to do so. God, help us. In this year to come, in Jesus' name, amen.